This is Howard Anderson from Healthcare Info Security, and today we're talking to Susan McAndrew, Deputy Director for Privacy at HHS Office of Civil Rights. Uh, thanks a lot for taking some time today. It's a pleasure. You mentioned in your presentation this morning that you've been hiring additional investigators at uh, regional offices to um, start up enforcement of the HIPAA privacy and security rules. Um, can you tell us at all about how many investigators have been hired and when their work begins? Oh, well, actually, um, it wasn't so much that we were hiring, although we are doing some of that. It's just that we, we have um, 10 regional offices um, that have been doing privacy investigations since 2003. And so we were simply retraining them uh, and expanding their role to take over the investigation of the security aspects um, of the cases. So now they will jointly investigate whether uh, a particular complaint involves a security violation as well as a privacy violation. So up until high tech, they were handling only the privacy component. They were handling the, the privacy side, and we were referring cases about 400, I think, um, cumulative over time uh, to the to CMS, who was responsible for investigating the security rule cases. And that changed effective? July of last year. Okay. All right. The secretary redelegated the enforcement of the security rule to OCR. Now, are these the same folks that will be handling the HIPAA uh, compliance audits, or is that a different group of people? Um, that's uncertain at this time. Um, I think in all likelihood we will not be using our investigatory staff to, to do the audits. Uh, we currently have a contractor um, that is helping us evaluate uh, what our options are for building an effective uh, audit program. Uh, we recognize we're going into an audit program uh, with um, limited resources and we'll need to uh, carefully uh, manage those resources to get the most bang for the buck out of this new audit authority. So we're looking, we're asking this contractor to help us evaluate a number of models, different models for how to run an audit program uh, and which of those models would be most cost effective in our particular environment. Uh, we want to make sure that it works well uh, with our ongoing compliance uh, and enforcement efforts now which are complaint and event driven. So um, that's that's the Booz Allen study that's, that's un ongoing, and when will that report be ready, do you think? Um, I'm, I don't know exactly when the um, deliverable date is for that contract, um, but I do know I'm expecting some status report uh, in, in a couple of weeks. And um, when is the, the actual audit program likely to begin? Will that be this year? I'm um, hoping it will be this calendar year. It really will depend on uh, the ultimate selection of what model and how fast then we can stand it up. In the interim, um, you know, our, our investigatory staff does do, uh, it's not an audit, but it is uh, an initiated um, review. We call them compliance reviews. Um, and so it does, uh, that capacity does give us the ability to look into uh, events and cases where we don't actually have a complaint, but we know that there's been some incident, for instance, the breach reports that we get now uh, from entities, uh, there's no complainant um, for those, but uh, it is an incident that is reported to us. We do stand up an investigation uh, based on those incidents, and so we can initiate um, 
those kinds of investigations when we need to. Um, but the, the audit function, we really are hoping, as opposed to being reactive after an event has happened, that they will be more um, proactive in terms of doing some measuring and, and general assessment of, of compliance and where weaknesses are that we can um, go in and, and provide assistance uh, to the industry to shore up uh, where there may be problems. So I assume it's too early to say whether the auditors themselves will be employed by your office or outsourced? I'm fairly sure they'll be outsourced. Okay. Uh, I mean, we really are, um, don't have the budget capacity right now to hire the number of people um, that we would likely need for an effective audit program, so we will uh, need to outsource that. And can you give us just briefly an idea of what folks at hospitals and clinics and other organizations can expect from an audit? I mean, we learned from your presentation this morning they're going to be looking to make sure you've done a risk assessment as one factor, right? Um, certainly with with respect to the security rule, uh, we do have, it's not a fully developed protocol, but there is a protocol uh, that has been used uh, by CMS um, to do uh, more something more akin to an audit of the security function, and yes, it will start with a risk assessment. We've heard from many in the industry the, the need to uh, reinforce the importance of a risk assessment and to help them figure out how to do a really good risk assessment. Uh, and so, uh, as uh, Marisa indicated this morning, we, we have, that was our first piece of guidance. Um, that we're putting out there, um, and uh, we are taking comment on that through our website. Uh, but it is very important. It's, it would be one of the key elements that we would look at, um, as well as ticking off the other um, administrative and um, technical and physical safeguards. I think one of the things Breach is pointing out to us is, is that there are a lot of threats continue to be external, there are a lot of thefts and break-ins that result in the loss of information. And so uh, I think physical safeguards is something um, that needs a little more attention, uh, as well as um, working with people to understand the importance of encryption and other kinds of technical ways of protecting the information, even if you lose the media or the, um, the hardware. What about in terms of auditing for compliance with the privacy rule? Uh, with the privacy rule, um, there are a range of, of possibilities there. Um, certainly, uh, we would be interested in focusing on how well um, individual rights are being delivered. Uh, we continue to get a high number of complaints about problems with people getting access to their medical records. Um, that's really a, a fundamental right that the privacy rule provided to individuals, and it is something that is very important to the individual. Uh, and we want to make sure that uh, that everyone, uh, all entities, know what their responsibilities are and are actually delivering um, these requests for records. We also are concerned about uh, proper. Uh, Internal controls in terms of access to files, I think another 
problem we hear about a lot um, are uh, individual staff um, abusing their privileges uh, to access records, whether it's a celebrity record or a record of some relative or someone that they know that's, that's uh, getting care at that facility. And it's these kinds of internal misuses of information uh, and what controls the entity has to uh, find these things when they happen and mitigate them uh, through tighter uh, access controls uh, would probably be something um, that we would be looking for to, uh, in terms of a general compliance area. Any particular steps healthcare organizations should be taking to prepare for the day when they're audited? <laughs> Just the steps we would expect them to take even before the day yeah. that they come to the audit. That uh, certainly um, the, the privacy of this information uh, needs to be respected. Um, there are stiffer penalties today um, for abuse of, of the privilege of getting this information and being a data steward of this information. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, in terms of this conference going on now, um, just emphasis on making sure that um, your security and safeguards are there because, um, you know, as I said, if, if you don't have those safeguards, if you don't have that security policy and practices in place, then privacy is just a principle, and we want privacy to be something real. In light of the major breaches that have been reported so far, uh, are there particular lessons that we can learn from them and how to prevent <laughs> breaches? I, I, would, I would hope there would be lessons learned. Um, I am continually uh, surprised by the fact that you actually have to lose your laptop before you begin to, s before the light bulb goes on and says, gee, maybe I need an encryption policy here. You know, you're, you're a lot better off if you can learn from your neighbor. Don't let it happen to you. Encrypt those things now. Don't wait until they're lost to suddenly decide, gosh, I, that's probably a good idea. And the other thing, the other lesson I hope people learn is that it's not good enough just to have the policy or to have that light bulb go on. Once you have establish that as your policy. You really have to make sure that you train people and it is part of your culture to ensure that that encryption because, uh, you know, two weeks after you issue the email saying, you know, this is what you have to do, life takes over and, and people, oh, it's too much trouble, I have to go see this IT person, I don't have time and they walk out the door without the, getting their laptop encrypted, and bad things happen. So um, it's, you know, have a good policy and enforce that policy so that we don't have to enforce that policy. Very good. Uh, finally, any um, tips for those um, who are preparing a breach notification plan and uh, what some of the essential elements they should make sure are in there? Um, I think, again, it's... It, it's just another aspect of your overall security and risk assessment. Uh, and if you have that in place, you know the threats, you know the risks. Um, and it's just integrating the, the breach and your obligation now to notify 
uh, individuals when a breach happens, as well as notify the department when really um, immediately when really big breaches happen. That is the new aspect of this, and and then making sure that your uh, incident assessment following a breach feeds back into your risk assessment so that you can uh, better address that incident and make sure it doesn't happen again or I guess um, we can't, it's not avoidance, <laughs> but uh, reduced very low chance that this will happen again. Very good. Well, thank you very much for your time, Susan. I sure. really appreciate it.